Hey everybody, I'm the run with Beards and Dunn is back for another episode. How you doing, Beards? Hey, I'm doing good there, Dunn. Uh, happy belated 4th of July to you and uh, Karen and Ben and uh, the whole family and to everybody that's out there listening. Hope everybody had a great 4th of July. I still got all my fingers intact. I didn't blow anything off or anything like that. Actually, we, uh, we do fireworks. We're out in Asheville with our daughter and son-in-law. He loves lighting off fireworks oh does i let him do it all man i sit on the couch i sit on the recliner chair the 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 lawn chair and just enjoy the show and he uh he loves doing it so i'm happy to let him do it well you know me you know i get up so gosh dang early i haven't watched fireworks for (laughs) so long so jill walked down here in bemidji we have a big fireworks display they they take a big pontoon boat out and light them out from the lake you know and so she she took the one of her uh, little summertime chairs down and sat with some of her girlfriends and heck I was sound asleep didn't even know where they were going off <laughs> I love so. it uh, we're getting old but it's I all right it. it's nothing wrong it's better than the opposite exactly but, you know and just kind of thinking along that theme I know Beards that we talked a little bit about maybe doing a di- little bit of a different episode this time and yeah and um and I, it's going to be kind of you know hard for me to get through because I like to talk about, you know, I've had two best friends in my life. And Dick, you know, you're right. one of my, you're my best friend. And, and I had another best friend. He was the best man at my wedding. His name was Alan Stratmeyer. And Alan, I would like to take some time to visit about him. He's, he, he passed way before his time. And, yes, and I, think, did. I think there's some things we can learn from Alan in, in his life and the example he set. And, and for the listeners that don't know who Alan Stratmeyer is, hang on, I'm about to tell you. And for some of you that might have known Al back in the day, hopefully you'll be like me. I think back of all the good times, and, and Al and I had some great adventures together. And, and there isn't a day hardly goes by I don't think about the guy. And, and, and I think there's some good lessons here. And so hang on. You, Are you ready? All right, Beards, here. You know, and I, I ran across, I don't know if you know who Jack London is. Wrote, uh, uh, oh yeah. yeah, White Fang and and all that and and this kind of I, I found this this quote from him and, and this is from Jack London. It said, "I'd rather be ashes than dust. I would rather that my spark should burn out in a brilliant blaze than it should be stifled by dry rot. I would rather be a superb meteor, every atom of me in magnificent glow, than a sleepy and permanent planet. The proper function of man is to live, not to exist." I shall not waste my days trying to prolong them. I shall use my time. And when I read that. That just gave me shivers, oh, I honestly. Think of, I, I think of Al, Alan Stratmeyer, you know, and kind of a little bit of background. Alan and I met in 1974. I was a senior in high school and uh, going into my senior year, cross country, I had great aspirations and, and really trained hard for it. Alan was a seventh grader. And back in the smaller South Dakota schools, you can run, junior high kids can run with the high school kids. And participate in high school sports. Sure. Many of these towns, we need every every body you can get. And, and it was just a great way for junior high kids to get kind of exposed to sports at an early age. And Al came out for cross country. I don't remember Alan on our cross country team at all, the whole season. So, so Dan, did, so Al went to Lennox. He then. was at Lennox High School with me. Ah. And so, you know, I, he was on the JV team. And, you know, the JVs always ran before the varsity. And I, you know, I kind of got in my game face, you know, before a race. And I right. know you did too. You kind of have to get your mind together because you you're bet. about to get out there and, and put it on the line. And so when the JV guys are running, we were usually kind of warming up, doing our things. And yeah, of course they'd run by, we'd g- give them a cheer, you know, thumbs up. But yeah. I really don't remember Al at all. And, and um, it was our regional meet, the second to the last meet of the year. 
And this was uh, at my home course. And it was a really, this was to qualify to go to the state meet. Right. And so only varsity got to run. There was no JV uh, uh, race that day. It was just the regional no. and top seven guys. And so we were warming up and it was a big race. And uh, Al and all the JV guys would show up and they'd wear their orange t-shirts. The varsity wore black cross-country t-shirts ah. to differentiate who was the JV, who was the sure. varsity guy. And so Al was there with his orange, you know, Lennox high school, uh, you know, cross-country t-shirt on. And as we were warming up, right before the race started, he came up to the team. And I just remember this so distinctly. He was just so enthusiastic and so excited. He goes, man, I'd give anything if I could run today. He goes, man, I sure wish I was running with you guys. <laughs> and I remember listening to him and I kind of chuckled to myself and I thought, this little guy, he's five foot nothing. He could barely <laughs> made the JV team. Right. And he, and he, he's wanting to run with the varsity today. But that was just his enthusiasm. He was like yeah. out there. He, he wished he could run. And I remember, I thought to myself, what a, what a cool dude, you know? And I, I thought, I should take a few minutes. And I did. I took a few minutes. And I said, hey, Al, thanks so Good much. for you. I said, oh, I did. I really thought, you know, you got times in your life when you might take the opportunity when somebody, you have an opportunity to say something nice to somebody. And I said, Al, right. hey, you, you've been doing a good job. I didn't really know. But I said, you know, you work hard. I said, you know, Al, if you keep doing it, you're going to probably be varsity one of these days. And he just said, oh, yeah, yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Well, anyway, I just let it go at that. We, I went and sure. ran my race and ran well and went to the state meet and ran well and all that. Did you win that year? Mike? I did. I did. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, and Al was just, he was Mr. Enthusiasm that day. And after the cross country season ended, I kind of lost track of him, but I got injured. I had a stress fracture shortly after the state meet. Yeah. So I was laid up for several months. I couldn't run and, and I didn't take really good care of it. Like most high school guys, I didn't stay off my foot. Sure. I had a fibula stress fracture on my outside of my left leg and, I'm still out there shooting baskets and stuff when you probably should have not been doing. So no. it took a while to heal. Well, spring track was rolling around and we had this thing called winter track. It's when you don't go out for winter sports, wrestling or cross country. You just kind of work out and go run. Yeah. Well, finally I got healthy enough. I could start running probably it was like in late February, early March. And so I, you know, the track hadn't actually started yet. So I'd always try to find somebody. Hey, anybody want to go for a run? I was sure. going out for some runs and, it was the off season, you know, it wasn't track hadn't started. None of my buddies wanted to go running. Al, <laughs> no. Al was there in winter track and he goes, yeah, Mike, I'll go run with you. I'll go run with you. And I said, all right, let's oh, go. He was probably a, like a little kid. Oh, he was excited as heck. He was just get to run with a he senior. Did. And yeah. And he was taking along and it just me and Al. And I was happy to have the company. And right. I remember it. I had to run so dirt slow Cause you know, yeah. my training pace was just a little faster than he was comfortable with, but man, he would just be taken along and I'd run at a pace. You know how you are when you're out for an easy run, you can run, yeah. run the pace of the slowest guy. And, and right. so I would kind of be, it was, it was pretty easy. And, but he would day after day after day, he would show up to go run with me. And I really appreciated that. You know, he was so enthusiastic and he was, just taking along, doing the best he could. Well, and especially in the winter in South oh, Dakota, it was nice having some company. It was nice to have him out there. And so the track season came and went, and and I was gonna, I you know was going to South Dakota State then the next fall. And that summer, I was starting to really build up my miles. I thought, okay, I'm going to college. Yeah. I have to up my game. Instead of running like five to six miles a day, I I was running pretty much ten miles a day that summer. And I would go to Lennox just because I was I like going to hang out there and run. And, yeah. And. Al would still run with me, but he couldn't run 10 miles. So what I would do is I'd go do a five mile run and I'd swing by his house. He'd be sitting on the steps waiting for me oh, and, that he'd is jump so cool. and he'd start running with me. And so he'd do the last five miles with me. And, and so, um, yeah. he was my, my little training buddy. And 
I went off to um, to college and ran. And if I came home on weekends, I'd go down to Lennox. And we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have internet. Oh, I might just happen to run by his house and knock on his door and go, Al, I'm going for a run. You want to come along? And he'd say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me get my stuff on. And he'd oh, come sure. out and run with me. And, and so it was just so much fun. Every time we had a chance, I'd call, go over and, and see if Al wanted to run and stuff like that. And, and so uh, that went on through that year. Then he left... Um, he actually, his eighth grade year, he didn't run cross country because he got Osgood Slaughter's disease. I don't know if anybody. What the heck is that? It's a, it's a, it's a common injury uh, condition for its growth spurt where okay. um, you have a go through a fast growth spurt. And especially if you're in a con, uh, uh, sport like running with, con, with the impact of running, sure. your patella tendon where it attaches to the front of your tibia starts to, to let loose. Oh, it's very oh. painful. And there's really not much you can do about it, but you stay. You need to let it rest and heal properly. You shouldn't run on it. So he, yeah. did, he didn't get to run cross country his, his, ninth grade, his eighth grade year. And, uh, but you know, as soon as that healed up, that next year he was out running. And we trained together again that summer. Uh, before his uh, ninth grade year, and I was getting ready for my uh, junior year of college, and he trained a lot. We ran a lot together. And so, Dan, at that point, was he able to go on like a ten mile run he, with you? Then he could, dirt slow, beards. Yeah. And I tell this story because it was in the summertime. It was hotter than blazes around Lenox. There ain't a tree to be seen. And, no. <laughs> and we'd go out for like either five to ten mile run. And a lot of times, I'd do the first loop and then pick him up for the second loop. And he would be dog trotting along behind me. And you could tell, you know, when you're running with somebody and they're falling off the pit, you, right. you hear, you sense they're not beside you anymore. And I'd look over my shoulder and there he was 10 meters back. I'd, I'd yeah. slow down my pace and let him catch up. Well, eventually, one day we were out running. It was so hot. And I noticed he fell off. And so I, I slowed down a little bit and kept waiting for him to catch up. And I'd slow down a little bit more. And look, he was out 10 yards behind me. I'd slow down a little bit more. Every time I slowed down, he slowed down. <laughs> so he, he never he never caught up with me. I'm like barely walking. Well, oh my I started zigzagging back and forth across the highway. Now you got to remember, there's no traffic. I wasn't risking right. my life, but I was running like back and forth as we were running down the road. So I was yeah. running like twice the distance. He was running <laughs> a straight line and we could kind of keep together and converse yeah. and stuff, but he did get stronger and stronger. Well, that season, this is ninth grade season. He went on. Not only did he make varsity as a ninth grader, he was their number one runner at the state oh, cross country meet. Holy As a cow. ninth grader, he finished 25th in the class in A the state. in the state. Yeah. And so I was, I remember hearing the results of that and thinking, wow, you know, he hadn't been number one for the team, but he got stronger and stronger as the season went on. So I was very excited because I was like my little training partner. It was so You're cool right. to see him doing well. Like a little brother. Oh, he was. And, and, uh, he went then, his father was Dr. Alan Strotmeyer. He's a clinical psychologist. And his, his mom, uh, Marcy uh, Strotmeyer, was a, a registered nurse. They moved to Sioux Falls. Uh, he had a practice. He was doing yeah. most of his work in Sioux Falls. And so Al, his uh, 10th grade year, transferred from Lennox to Sioux Falls Lincoln High School. And I don't know. They're need, a powerhouse. Oh, they're a powerhouse. And Rich Greeno was is one of the best coaches he got coach of the national oh. coach of the year one year an incredible man uh, he unbelievable was. nice guy he was yes. at the sdsu running camp every year well he became al's coach then for his sophomore year wow so al and i were training our tails off i was going to be a junior in college he was going to be a sophomore at lincoln high school and we ran i swear every day that summer he was in sioux sure. falls now we were running all over sioux falls and um he uh, he went. The first race for Lincoln High School was the Bristol Road Race. Rich Greeno had a tradition of taking his cross country team, the whole team, 
JV, you name it, up to Bristol, yeah. which is way north of Aberdeen. It's a heck of oh, a drive, there. but I think it was kind of a team building trip for everybody to get sure. on the bus and get to kind of familiar with each other. It was a four mile race for the high school division and he would have his varsity. The first, that's how he established his varsity for the big first ah. beginning of the year. You know how, who's going to be the top seven, right? We're going to go up to Bristol. We're going to run a four mile road race and the first seven Lincoln finishers. You're going to be my varsity going into the next meet. And then we'll see how that goes. And then sure. following meets. And I went off to the St. Cloud Invitational the same day up in St. Cloud, Minnesota with the South Dakota State team for our first race of the year. And I'm going to, I won the, the, the St. Cloud State Invitational. It was the only invitational cross country race I ever won in my career. You won the whole I thing. I won the done. whole thing because I had been training my butt off. I came into the season pretty fit. And yeah. that there's a downside to that because it's hard to maintain that form, right. you know, for the whole season. But I was, you know, I was pretty ecstatic. I, you know, won the a, yeah. a university cross country meet. And we got back that day, that night, to South Dakota State University, and Kevin Sheldon, who was a freshman at SDSU, his little brother, Todd, was running um, for Lincoln High School. It was a good friend of Al. Yeah. And they had talked, and, he, and Kevin came into my dorm room, and he goes, hey, Mike, guess who won Bristol Road Race today? And I go, I'm who? And he goes, Al Strutmeyer. Al won it? Al won it as a sophomore, beat all the juniors oh. and seniors. Now, if you go onto our website after the the uh, beardsanddunpod.com, I've got a ton of photos. And one of the photos of Al is his, they had the podium where they put like the top sure. five or six runners up on the podium. And there's Al on the top of the podium with Jan Kane, Brian Fendrick, Dave Frazee, all these really good Lincoln High School runners. A- absolutely. They kind of swept the <laughs> swept the top four or five places. And Al's at top on the top as a sophomore. He got wow. a lot of attention, a lot of uh, great publicity. Obviously, he made the varsity team that year. Yeah. You know, when I went to bed that night, at, uh, Beards, I don't know who was more excited about their win. Me for me or me for Al. I bet. I tell you, I was just thinking that is so awesome. You know, this little guy that a few years ago wanted to run so bad, couldn't make varsity if his life depended on it. He's now no. the number one runner for the best high school cross country team in the state his sophomore year. Exactly. So That's amazing. It was. What it a was, story. It was awesome. You know, before his ninth grade year, I should have mentioned this. He, uh, Al loved his enthusiasm for running matched mine. I mean, I don't know. It's just, I we remember that we, I was doing 20 mile runs the fall of, uh, Al's ninth grade year. That year he got top, uh, tw- he was 25th at the state meet. Yeah. Well, leading up to the state meet on Sundays, I'd be back in Sioux Falls with the Bills brothers, and we would have to do a 20 mile run. And I tell Al, "Hey, I'm gonna, me and the Mike and Mark Bills are going to do a 20 tomorrow." He goes, "Hey, can I come along with you guys?" I said, "Sure." I didn't care. And Mike and Mark Bills <laughs> right. go, "Done. You're letting a ninth grader come and do a 20 mile <laughs> run with us?" I go, "Hey, exactly. I'm not his dad. I'm just his buddy. He wants to come and right. run. It's on." And he did. And Al would come and do these 20, he did a, a he would do 20, he would milers. Do 20 milers with us as a ninth grader. Wow. And now I got to be honest with you. He would fall off the pace and we did, we'd, we'd kept easing up. Now, 20 milers are really totally aerobic. You don't want to be pushing sure. them. Al made sure we weren't pushing them. <laughs> there was one 20 miler. I think his shoe came on tied three times and Mark Bills goes, I think that damn shoe of his keeps coming on tight because he wants to stop and take a rest. Because <laughs> whenever he goes, hey, you guys, let me stop for a minute. I got to tie my shoe. Well, we'd all pull over, you know, stop our run, right. sit around, you know, stretch. He'd be tying his shoe forever. And or at least pretending he, he was. was. So, but he got through those darn 20 milers. As That's a night. amazing. He did. Well, he went into his high school career. And, and long story short, he had a great career at Lincoln High School. He was on several state championship teams, cross country and track. And, and, um, 
you know, we kept running through all these years. And, and Al, you know, Beards, I didn't meet you till uh, 1978. And, right. You know, Al and I had been good friends now for four years. And right. uh, when I decided, uh, Karen and I, to get married, you know, it was kind of a tough choice for me as far as, you know, who's going to be my best man. You know, because it was you or Al. And, well, I and I, to, you know, Mike, I totally understood. Yeah, I mean, and, why you wanted to have Al. And Al you know? was my best man. Dick was in my wedding party along with my two brothers. You know, I had four groomsmen. Yeah, you know, I had my best man Al. I had Dick. Had my brother Ken and my brother Rick. And you guys, you four, are the best friends yeah. I have in the world. And it was such an honor for me to have all four of you there standing up with me that day. And that was cool. And it was, it was. And um, you know, that morning, and I don't know if we've told this story, but you know, we we had the uh, tradition of doing the uh, the wedding, the morning of the wedding, right? And I, did we tell this story before? About, we did. We okay. did about we, we couldn't cross the river <laughs> and stuff. My five miler <laughs> turned into a twelve miler with Dick and Al. Yeah. I forgive him for that, but well, anyway, long story. I uh, I got married in May of nineteen eighty one. Al is my best man, and he and his family then uh, took off. And moved out to California. That's right. And uh, yeah. his father took a position out there near uh, uh, San Diego. Very nice. Al was pretty excited about the nicer weather. He was a, a heck of a skateboarder. That guy could do stuff on a skateboard. And if you go to our, our extras on our website, I have a picture of Al doing a handstand on a skateboard. Oh, my goodness. Going down a hill. Now, I can't stand oh. on a, a skateboard with my feet and go down a hill without killing myself. I tried it once and then never do that again. Al... <laughs> The guy was amazing. He could do, uh, he'd do tricks on skateboards. He'd go to was he still in high school yes. at the time yep. when he moved out there? Yep. No, he was, okay. uh, he, he, he was a skateboard uh, yeah. fa- fanatic. And he, whenever he got a new skateboard, he'd always show it to me. And all like the bearings, the titanium bearings, the, 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 the wheels would be some kind of, va- uh, some kind of plastic. And, and done. He was Al, Al had that California look to he him. He did. Blonde air, blue Didn't eyes. He? Anyway, yes. if you go to the website, you can see some pictures of Al on his skateboard. And it was just, he'd, he'd always want to show me some new tricks. And I'd just sit there and shake my head and go, man, you know, but whatever he put his energy into, it was all out. It was a commitment. He, he, he wanted to be a good runner and he made himself a good right. runner. He wanted to be a good skateboarder. He made himself a good skateboarder. You know, he was always studying. He got good grades and he went out for debate. And I remember he was always studying for debate because with debate, you know, you don't oh. know if you're going to take the pro or the con or whatever it is. Sure. And so you had to kind of study it to know both sides and how to argue it. And I remember asking him one time and, and we went on some road trips and he'd bring his schoolwork with him and always yeah. studying. I think he got all A's. And I asked him one time, I go, Al, you're always studying. You're what? And debate. He was telling me how much work debate was. And I go, why are you, why are you, why are you even doing debate? He goes, well, I'm like, I'm thinking someday I might want to be an attorney. And oh. I thought, well, that makes perfect sense. You know, you need to right. learn how to take both sides of the story. Absolutely. And uh, I think he would have made a heck of an attorney because he was a very, I've, I never got into arguments with him, but trust me, I think he'd won <laughs> pretty much any argument he'd ever yeah. been into. And, and so Al just had this charisma about him. And, and in school, you know, I don't know, Dick, if it was like this in your school, you had clicks. You had like the jocks. Oh, yeah. The jocks sure. hung out with the jocks. Then you had what we kind of call the, I, don't, I hate to use the, I'll probably get in trouble. The geeks were the the the, the eggheads. Yep. The guys who got all this on a roll. That wasn't me. And, that wasn't my And crowd. there was usually a group called the burnouts. The burnouts. Exactly. <laughs> there were three kind of distinct groups. Then there were probably just some loners in there that couldn't get into any right. group. Al was friends with everyone. He, yeah. he could fit into every group. And, you know, it was amazing when you'd hang out with the guy because he was friends with the burnouts. 
All right. the, the big weightlifter jock football players, they all liked him. They all got along with him. Sure. And uh, and then the uh, he was a good student, and he could hang with the the good students and stuff. Yeah. And one of his best friends uh, was a name was a was a kid named Todd Sheldon. They they went through school together, and and um, Al, you know, I'm just going to cut to the chase for those that don't know. He lost his life in uh, this February of 1981. Uh, he was 19 years old. It was a car accident out in California. So the last time I actually got to see Al face to face was at my wedding and, um, and never had an opportunity to, to visit with him again after that, other than we had visited on the phone because he, yeah. he started college that fall at uh, Glendale Community College. And Glendale was a huge powerhouse for junior colleges in California, have an outstanding coach whose name escapes me. But he, uh, they had recruited Jeff Nelson. Jeff Nelson was the high school, re- still, I think, the high school record holder for two miles, ran oh, 834. Wow indoors wow. and so uh even though i know there's some kids right around the the kid from south dakota ran 834 jeff nelson was a superstar back in the the 70s late 70s yeah and he was a teammate of al's at, at glendale community oh, college wow. and i remember calling and talking to al on the phone about some of his races and he goes done he goes this jeff nelson guy he's super guy he's cool dude he goes i've never seen him suffer you know when you go out and do workouts with a cross-country team you're doing heel repeats you're doing mile yeah. repeats you're doing tempo runs you're going to see the look on a lot of guys' faces. They're, they're, they're there at threshold and definitely above threshold because you just have to go through that. You have to kind right. of learn it to accept the pain of, of training. He goes, I never see the guy hurting. He's just such wow. a good runner. He's always like has that ability to take it up a notch. And so, um, you know, that, that, that was Al ran cross country that fall for Glendale. And, uh, and then that's, uh, that February he, uh, he was uh, killed in a car wreck. And so, um, Rich Greeno, the coach of Lincoln, you know, uh, uh, thought a lot about Al, and sure. as all of us did, you know, it was just yeah. what a blow. I the day I, you know, his sister actually called me. Yeah, Do you remember that day? Oh, pretty I'll vividly? never forget that day. His sister yeah. called me. It was pretty late at night, and it was a single car accident, and he had gone off. And Al was the worst freaking driver. I, I I didn't like riding with the guy. He, yeah. He, he not only did he have an enthusiasm for everything, he did everything. Fast, right to the limit. Right to the limit. He drove yeah. that way, and yeah. I think he wrecked more than a few cars in his career. And I shouldn't laugh, but he, uh, yeah, he, uh, he probably got himself in trouble from, from some poor driving. But anyway, um, yeah, his sister called and told me what had happened, and, and um, you know, it was, it was devastating. And uh, Rich Greeno, I think it really hit Coach Greeno as well. You know, uh, one of his athletes that he knew so well, and sure. And um, I know uh, when he passed in 1981. In 1982 then, I think it was 82 or 83, Rich Greeno made a decision and he decided to give an award out uh, to the, a Lincoln Cross Country Runner, male or female, who exhibited above the normal amounts of passion, uh, dedication, yeah. enthusiasm, you know, commitment to running. That was Al. That was Al. And they named the award the Al Strapmeyer Award. You're giving me goosebumps. Oh, and they, they call it the Strat, you know, just because your beard's so I'm cool. done. And he was in the the Strat, and and I've met a few people that didn't know that I was relate, you know, had this relationship with Al. Sure. And I, I was talking to one of his, a mom of an athlete who got the Al Stratmeyer Award. She goes, "Man, that was like one of her son's proudest achievements was to get that because to get chosen for that meant you were a cut above the rest of the." team yeah as far as you know your running life your commitment and stuff and and so um you know and, and i have a quote from rich greeno when he when he made that announcement he said he was one of the most eager 
enthusiastic athletes I've ever known, uh, Rich Greeno. And Rich Greeno coached some of the best uh, right. for many, many, many Absolutely. years. And so um, this award was was given, I think the first year they did it was 1982. Oh, well, so it's been around it's been a, a long, long time. time. And Dr. Alvin Strutmeyer, they actually asked him, they, they, they told his folks, we're going to do this award in your son's honor. And they asked Dr. Strutmeyer if he'd be interested in coming back and making that presentation. And he did. And uh, wow. I, I went to that that night. I heard and I sat way in the back and it was a tough, um, a tough thing to do, you know, for a father to have lost a son. And right. to, uh, he, but he was also very proud of Al and, and this award that was now given in his name. And they've been giving that thing out forever. And about three or four years ago, I had the opportunity to go back and I actually got to, to present the Al Strautmeyer award to a Lincoln runner. And, um, so, Dan, let me interrupt you for a second because I know you've given many presentations with oh, your job. You've yeah. done, you know, t you know, talks to other groups. Was that? Oh. I mean, were you as nervous before that than any other you'd ever done? Times ten. Yeah. Times ten, because I, 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 you know, after I did it, you always, and I don't know if you ever have the stick. I want to do it again. I, I right. can do it better. I can do it better. Uh, yes, you know. Of course. And, and the real hard part about doing that talk was his folks came back for the year I got to give the presentation. So they were like a second folks, you know, Al, sure. Al and I got adopted into each other's family. Cause when you're a running partner with somebody, you're spending half the time at their house or they're spending half the time at your yeah, house staying right. for supper. We'd get up, you know, and run in the morning. So I just say, Hey Al, stay overnight. And so we would, cause then we'd jump in the car, go do those 20 milers. I wasn't yeah. going to drive all the way to Lennox or into Sioux Falls to get him. And, um, and so uh, we we just you know always were hanging out either at his place or at my place. Sure. And so to have his folks uh, there, you know, one of the things we do in the summertime is Al always had a job. He, you know, he's a workaholic. The little guy had unlimited energy. He'd be running all the time, studying all the time. He'd always had a job because he, he, you know, as I think his folks taught him, you you got to make your own way. And if you want spending sure. money for your car, good for him. He did. I know one somebody who worked at A&W as a fry cook. Now, don't ask me how. He had no training. I guess he just figured out, right. hey, anybody can go back there and sling burgers. And he did. And he would work till midnight. And he'd be back wow. there drinking uh, <laughs> root beer or whatever, sodas, sure. trying to stay hydrated because it was just a hot. And so I'd, oh, I, I would imagine. actually, it was the summertime. I would wait and I'd go pick Al up at midnight and we'd go do our run. In the cool, no yeah, kidding. because it was 90 degrees during the day in South Dakota. Good time to do we'd it. We'd go running at midnight. And we'd run in the, you know, one, two in the morning. We're out running around Sioux Falls. I'm sure the cops got used to us eventually. Well, then we just, I'd go back, shower, crash at his place. And uh, we did that more times than, you'd, than I care to remember. Sure. And, um, you know, Al always said, you know, as he got stronger and stronger, he goes, Dunn, you'll never know how how much suffering I did trying to run with you all those years. And I just have to admire him for his you know, his determination, dedication. And no and, um, kidding. So, you know, Todd Sheldon knew Al probably as best as I did. So before I got to give this presentation, I asked uh, uh, Todd, I said, Hey Todd, do you have any thoughts or memories about Al that you might be able to give me that I might not have even knew? Cause I, yeah. I've got, you know, lots of Al Strautmeyer stories. We went to mystic uh, road race out in the black Hills. We drove together down to uh, Tempe, Arizona to run the Fiesta Bowl marathon. Uh, he ran a 242 marathon his senior wow. year of high school. 
it's two forty two nineteen. As far as I know, it's the high, it's the state high school record for South Dakota. They don't. I would imagine. They don't. I don't think they keep an official high school marathon record for South Dakota. But if you, if anybody can name a high school athlete from South Dakota who's run less than sub two forty two, no kidding. And Al did it looking good. He he ran he ran comfortably that day. It was his senior year of high school, and um, so I asked Todd, uh, "Do you have any stories you might want to tell me?" And I'm going to give you a couple. Of, Todd Sheldon told me he says, "You know, running is a hard sport." It could be full of drudgery. Yeah, I can't. But he yeah. says, I seriously can't remember any runs where Al was negative or complaining about running. He was always upbeat, very fun to be with. He says, my, uh, he goes, usually my uh, favorite social and storytelling have still been on the run, where we get our name for our podcast. Yeah. And he goes, um, you know, my enduring memories of uh, running 15 miles every Sunday afternoon in the winter of our senior year. Al would come over to my house on Sycamore Drive. We would run out to Rowena and back. He goes, I have no negative memories of those runs. But thinking back, there must have been miserable, cold, rainy, snowy days. Sure. But he goes, I honestly don't remember. Just good conversations with Al, some of which are probably not appropriate for a banquet. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and it, appears, it kind of reminds me of you and me, you know, and I, I have the yeah. same thing with, with memories of running with Al. The runs just flowed. We were enjoying each other's company. And Absolutely. It was just such and they a good went time. by so quick. The last thing I want yeah. to share, though, is this is a great story, which I never thought of. Al always had girlfriends. You know, he was a popular kid. If you look at the website, he was, he was blonde haired, blue eyed. And, um, and Todd told me this story. He goes, as a, runners are not renowned for their ability to wow the ladies. <laughs> he said, but Al had, had, had said, but was pretty successful. He says, I remember <laughs> being very surprised when I learned that he was dating Polly blank. I won't say her last name, yeah. who was at the time a year older than us and is generally <laughs> considered one of the most desirable girls in the high school. <laughs> he said the nerdy cross country team was very impressed when Al asked her out for a homecoming and she said, yes. And so he, oh he took my like, gosh. He, he said, uh, my, uh, the, his friend group at Lincoln was so much more diverse than any of the rest of us. He tended to hang, I, he tend, Al, Todd tended to hang out with mainly runners. He said, but Al hung out with everybody, you know? And, and so I, I, I was getting, everybody loved he him. did. He did. They also did a 24 hour relay, which is kind of unusual back in the seventies runners world used to put these on. They were usually yes. done as fundraisers and Lincoln high right. school did it like three or four years in a row. And, and uh, Todd ran it with Al. And he said, I can just remember that uh, as a team, we ran 264 miles in 24 hours. He said, wow. Al was a rock and ran very solid. He averaged 518 per mile for 26 miles. Now, of course, those miles were one mile. Then you'd race, rest, but while still. nine other guys ran their one mile. Then you come back out and do your one mile, and then you get to rest. But, Dunn, as you know, that's not oh, as easy as it sounds. Brutal. It's brutal. He says, after each mile, each runner could write a couple sentences about how that mile went. He said, Al's quips were pure gold. I wish I could remember them now. <laughs> But his positive attitude was infectious and desperately needed at 4 a.m. when it's dark outside, you're tired, and a 520 mile is expected. And so right. um, I guess, you wow. know, that really sums up Al in my, you know, he just had this zest and love for, love for life. Um, his friendship was, was unquestionable. Uh, he had given you the shirt off his back. And, you know, it, it's, it's right at this time in the chronological, um, you know, you're, Beppu and Houston and sure. us going to Lincoln. That's right when he passed. Was that month yeah. of February of 1981? And 
And that Al Strutmeyer Award that they give to the runner every year, I actually got one for presenting that night. They they made one for me to have. Uh, Dr. Strutmeyer also got one. I didn't know that, Don. Sit, I probably, you probably told well, me. Well, I don't know. I, it, I have a picture of it on our website. It sits on my nightstand. And so every night before I go to bed and every morning before I, when I get up, Al's there to greet me. And uh, there's pretty much not a run that I used to do or a bike ride when I don't think of him and think, man, Al would love this. When I'm out there suffering, climbing a mountain, doing a 24-hour event, whatever it is, there's one thought in my head. Al Strottmeyer would be right here with me doing this same exact thing because that's just what he that's just what we did and, and down the road done he will be there again i with hope you. so i hope so you know because you know i you know i didn't know al very well i met him a few times I, i'm sure i went well i know i went on a run with him when when you got married but he was that he was always smiling laughing um, <laughs> it's nothing you know, you know that I, it's bittersweet long blonde hair it's bittersweet you know i i have nothing but the greatest memories and i cherish them and I always wonder what could have been, you know, and, and that's just the way life is. You know, when things it don't is. turn out the way we th- think they're going to turn out, you know, I, I don't like to have regret or, or, you know, we can second guess all we want. But I think the message for today's episode is, you know, love the ones you're with because um, you never yes. know how much time we have together. And uh, if you have this beautiful thing called life, don't abuse it. Uh, use it. No. Get out there. Uh, what is that Carrie Tollefson says all the time? Oh, get, get after, after it. it. Get, get after, after it. I mean, if you've got goals, if you've got aspirations, I know Al never let him pass. I tell you, the guy yeah. ran the Jack 15 like every year through high school. Um, he ran a marathon. He uh, he just never put a limit. Uh, you know, no. we always kind of said he was the pre Steve Prefontaine and James Dean of South Dakota running. You know, those are that's a good way to were, look yeah, at him. You know, to kind of wrap it up. You know, he didn't have the athletic performance that uh, Prefontaine did. I mean, the guy was sure. that guy was off the charts. But his enthusiasm and passion for running is unquestioned. That Pre was that he was the he's kind of the model we look up to. And James Dean, I I don't you know I he was before my time, but I hear he had this charisma that people just like to be with the guy. Yeah, you know, and he he and had such people a, like to be oh, with Al. He had a fan base. And, and I can't really think of anybody who didn't appreciate Al's uh, kindness, his yeah. enthusiasm, his passion. And, and I, I appreciate every, you know, you guys indulging me just to kind of well, reminisce Don, a little bit. Well, thank you for, for sharing that story about Al. Cause I know you guys were, you know, super, oh. super close and you know, anytime you lose anybody, but especially a best friend, you know, it, it, uh, it hurts you. it's difficult, but you know, thanks for sharing that story oh, thanks with for, us. Thanks for, you know, when his parents are still alive, I still stay in touch with Dr. Strottmeyer and his, his mom and, and, uh, you know, it's still, it's tough. We, we, whenever we get together or get a chance to converse and stuff, it's, it's bittersweet. We enjoy each other. We enjoy the times we had and yet, uh, yeah, don't live lights with re- life with regrets. How about that? Let's end no. it there. Yeah, absolutely. And we want to thank everybody for listening today. And if you have any questions for Dunn and myself or comments about our show, you can contact us directly on our website at beardsanddunpod.com. Or you can leave us a comment on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, all at Beards and Dunn Pod. Yeah. And of course, if you're watching on YouTube, be sure to hit the like, maybe subscribe, hit a comment. And if you're enjoying listening to these podcasts and you're interested in supporting what we do, we actually have some merchandise. And it's pretty it is, cool. It's Thanks cool. to Ben. I've got some, we've got some t-shirts, some hoodies. I've got some stickers. There you go. Awesome. Yeah. And so, you know, this is just for fun. And, and, you know, we're hoping it's enthusiasm, it's entertaining, it's motivational. 
And um, if we do anything, any of those things, we'll consider it a success. But thanks, Dick. Hey, we'll see you next week, Dan. Looking forward to it, bud. Yeah, bye-bye, everybody. Hey, everybody. Just had to add a little bit more on after my uh, visit with Dick about my uh, good friend Al Strautmeyer. Back in January of 1978, when I was at South Dakota State University, I was injured in uh, indoor track January. I'm, I can't remember exactly what was wrong, but I had some injury that was really depressing me. And I sent Al a letter. Now, you got to remember back in the day, long distance calls were prohibitive and that we'd write letters. And so I'd written Al a letter kind of whining and complaining and feeling sorry for myself. And I figured, well, if anybody would be able to commiserate with me and kind of, you know, cry in my crocodile tears with me, it'd be Al. He's a good friend. And so he'll understand. He'll, he'll show me some compassion and some sympathy or whatever. So I sent him this letter explaining, oh, I'm depressed and how I'm getting out of shape and everybody's training hard and I'm not. And so I was kind of waiting, and Al sent me a letter back, thinking, well, good, he'll, he's going to be nice and tell me, you know, everything will be okay and stuff like that. So I get this envelope at my dormitory, and on the, on the front is an envelope, and I, I, I doubt you can read it unless you're on YouTube. You can see it. It says, Mike Roly-Poly Dunlap, and it's got my address there on the, uh, for the dormitory. And on the back, it says, a big envelope for a big boy. And he, he drew this you can see a runner there that's obviously maybe needs to cut back on. It says Marshmallow Dunlap on the back. So I open this letter up and pull it out. And I'm thinking, what the heck is this? And it says, Dunn, I'm glad to see that you have finally realized that your running career is finished. But for God's sake, whatever you do, don't, get, don't cut your hair. Because if you come over to my house, I won't be able to tell you from my little brother apart. His little brother was kind of heavy. Look at it. Look at it this way, Marshmallow. You can always have your mom take out your running t-shirts and then you can wear them to track meets and hang around the shop put area. Then make sure that you wrap your wrist with an ace bandage. Make it look like you just had an in, like you're just an injured shop putter. Maybe if you get a little better shape, they might even let you return the shots after they throw. Well, getting back to the world of reality, when are you going to get back on the road again? I really miss training with the premier mileage man of South Dakota, the terror of Minnesota Avenue. I have a sore throat again and a few other disorders, but fortunately I have only missed a couple, three days of training to my diseases and I'm running about four or five miles a day. So I'm not in great shape, but I'm still fit enough to whoop your cocky little butt. So do I, why don't you quit feeling sorry for yourself for <laughs> and, for, and once again become the runner with the stinkiest shoes I've ever fainted from? Remember, Dunn, just because 224 is the fastest you'll ever run doesn't mean that you can't get in shape again. And maybe if you peak just right, you could have a fair chance to place in the top five in a couple of the developmental road races next summer. Well, I think I'll go out for a run all by myself now. So you just listen to some Alice Cooper and don't think twice about what a great time I'm having. See you around, and he emphasizes the word round, Marshmallow, Signed, your friend, Al. And then, of course, there's a P.S., and he makes this to my roommate at the time, Randy Fisher. And he goes, hey, Randy, now that Dunn isn't one of us anymore and must be putting on huge sums of weight every day, I would make sure that you get the uh, top bunk from now on, if you know what I mean. 
Anyway, when I got this letter from Al, I about fell off my chair with laughter. Because here I was thinking I was going to get this compassionate, sympathetic letter from my good friend who would say, you know, be it's okay, everything's going to be all right. Instead, he told me to get a, get a grip, suck it up, buttercup, and life will go on. And I tell you, that was Al. Whenever I needed a laugh... He was there to give it to me or a kick in the pants in this case. And so uh, to quit feeling sorry for myself. Friends like that are hard to come by and I'll never forget that one. But thanks for listening and I hope everybody has a great day.